0: Oh, you you Grant sent me this story. Where'd you get that? Did you just like it? it just scroll past you or something? Yeah, I saw it on Twitter. Who retweeted it? I don't know.
1: One of the Milwaukee people I follow. I figured you'd get a kick. Oh, J.R. Radcliffe at the Journal Sentinel show. Oh, I my
0: it. God. I figured you'd get a kick out of it. That is nasty. So there is uh, all over Waukesha, especially where I live, uh, which is maybe not even a half a mile away, there is a school. And, um, you, I I got, God love them. They're faithful as all get out. There's pickleballers. Okay. They have converted the, the regular tennis courts into pickleball courts. So now instead of having four or six, whatever it was, full-size tennis courts, there's like eight, eight or nine pickleball. I mean, there's pickleball everywhere and they play every day. I mean, I can drive past there in the morning, early school kids are getting dropped off and there's a pickleball tournament going on. I mean, they, they are, they shovel the courts to play in the snow. I mean, that's how faithful they are. And God love them. I mean, they're just, they get it. They're they're out after it, man. But the story, and, and this is where it goes awry, and I can only imagine, but on Monday afternoon, a pickleball player reportedly defecated by the entrance of the school. Students, not knowing what it was, thinking it was something else, then stepped in it and tracked it all through school and the carpets and everything have to be deep cleaned. Ah, ah, that's just nasty. If you're a pickleballer, and first of all, I, 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 now there's a need for Portage Johns near the pickleball courts, I guess. But why would you go in the entrance of the school? Now, I get like where I'm at in the school because the school's right up the street from my house. There's not a lot of trees. It's, it's like if you got to go, you got to go. You got to go find a place to kind of hide. But you you go in. There's a big clump of bushes down the road. You could just stand in the middle of the bushes, hang your nasty stuff over a branch and go. You don't do it in the in the entrance of a school, you idiot. What What kind of? And apparently they got this person on video. That's the other thing this person is on video, so I hope they catch him. I would love to do like now I don't do this with my dogs, but it used to be back in the day my dad would. We had a little uh, little poodle named Georgie. Georgie was 100 miles an hour flew around the house. Georgie didn't in his it took him a long time to get potty train him. My dad did the old he rub, grabbed him and rubbed his nose in it type of thing. I that should be your punishment. Not a fine. You, I think you should have to pay up pay for the for the cleaning of the deep cleaning of the carpets inside the school. But I think what they should be able to do is capture you, handcuff you, with like ten big, bulky human beings, take you to the site, and then rub your nose in it. That—that's—that's that's nasty. Shame on you! You just gave pickleballers everywhere a bad name. Gave your hometown of Waukesha a bad name too. Yeah, worst of all, that's—that's that's bad, man. People in Waukesha playing pickleball and pooping at schools. Nobody needs that. Man, and and the 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 school—it's not like it's a a high-end middle or This is a, this is a elementary school, first grader over there in the corner. I see these kids getting dropped off. I mean, they're holding mom and dad's hands, little kids. So I can only imagine it. Ugh, like, ugh, can't do it.
1: I blame Craig Council. This is this is—he's driving us to madness.
2: <laughs> this
1: this hangs on his shoulders. This is his. He should resp- He should be responsible for this. People acting out.
0: Oh, that's good. That's funny. Oh man, that's 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 hilarious. So there you go. Oh my goodness. We. I think we all needed a laugh today. Speaking of Craig Council, this one's from Art uh, Artie Artie, and Artie writes all the time. I see all Artie at the ballpark. As a matter of fact. Artie says, I'm not gonna boo Craig Council, but I'm not gonna cheer for him either. I'm still pissed off that he went to the Cubs. Maybe my feelings are gonna subside over time, but God forbid he comes in here needing to win one game to get to the postseason and he beats the Brewers, and the Brewers sit at home and the Cubs go to the championship. It will kill me. Artie. Yeah. Yeah, it would it would, it would uh yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't, you know, as a fan if I'm sitting in the stands, I might buy a ticket to that game. I might not go to that game as a media member. I might go to that game when they when the Cubs come in in May. I might just buy a ticket. Go with some friends. Sit there, have a few beers and then see what my gut reaction tells me. Cuz a lot of times your gut reaction will come out even though you don't want it to. It will. About, you know, people ask me all the time about who you root for you know, who you root for in this particular game. And I – usually your gut will tell you, you know. If, and there's times I don't have any rooting interest in anything. And you'll see a team just they're down and they're struggling and all of a sudden they come back and then, you know, the, there's this this team that's been beaten on them, you know, and then you get this little urge of I want to see the, the this team do well or this team keep their – you know, the heel of their boot on the throat, whatever. I mean, you get it. You, you just know what your your gut feeling is going to be. Sometimes I don't have a rooting interest, but I can kind of root for a team. But I don't know how I would be. My gut would be I would thank him for everything that he's done. I, I, would, I would, when they announce him, I'd give him some applause. And then the first time he came out to challenge or pull a pitcher or whatever, I'd boo like crazy. Because I'm cheering the person, I'm not cheering the team, I guess, maybe in my mind. I don't know. Grant, I know you, man. You you you're you're gonna boo into your horse. I don't want to. I have to. we we have a bit of a responsibility.
1: Like I I don't know. People don't get away with this in other sports markets, right? And I I know
0: Philly's the example that everyone uses, but like, well, Johnny Damon went from the went from the Red Sox to the Yankees.
1: Yeah, that's this kind of and and in Wisconsin, we'd be like, well, you know, Johnny Damon, he, you know, it, it, he just wanted something new and and he got money. No, we can't let these characters get away with these types of moves. So I don't want to boo Craig Council. I have to. It's it's my it's my
0: responsibility as a fan, Bill. And it's and the weird thing is, it's it's not a player; it's a manager, you know. But it's it's I don't know. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around what it would be. But yeah, again, it, it we've given you all the scenarios and talked about it to our balloon face. It's just, you know, whatever your gut feels, it is. You know? And you have the right to that opinion. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy Tom says being a loyal Bruce fan for fifteen years has been painful painful just for the last 15 years <laughs> no 52 52 years oh 52 50, years oh, okay 52 years he's been a brewers fan and he said this experience has been painful so yeah uh tom says hey bill there's enough blame to go around for the state of the green bay packers packers murphy has done a great job business-wise but below average with football operations but football operations are not his job That's what Russ Ball and Brian Gudekinst are for. Now overseeing them? Here's my question. You don't want Mark Murphy to be a part of football operations. Mark's got to get out of it. He can't put his, you know, blah, blah, blah. He can't do that. Okay? And, Tom, I'm not making fun of you. I'm asking a question. You want Mark Murphy out of it. But the minute the product is not good on the field, Mark Murphy's to blame. I mean, you talk about somebody that can't win. I, I just, I, I, I don't know what people want. Mark Murphy can't be there only to make the decisions when things go bad. He, he just can't. We put a lot on the shoulders of Mark Antanasio, sure, but that's about more of the money and the payroll because we don't have a salary cap in baseball and he's not making the personnel decisions even though he used to be a part of it fully and wholly. He says he's not now, but who knows? So, But when things were good, David Stearns was a genius. When things were bad, Mark Antanasio didn't spend enough money. Same thing. When things are good, Mark Murphy needs to stay out of it, get his face out of it, things are good, leave it alone. So he does. And when things go bad, he screwed us. I don't know what people want. Uh, He says Goody tends to reach in the draft and has a penchant for projects, outsmarts himself, and uh, set Rogers and the divorce into motion unnecessarily. Matt LaFleur may be a decent coordinator, but uh, clearly lacking uh, the leadership skills to cast a vision uh, to get get buy-in from his team and move the organization forward. He's in over his head, in my opinion. That's T-Dub listening to us in Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um. This one's from uh, Thomas says, Bill. Do you think po- uh, it's possible Jordan Love has been overcoached during his three years? Let me go back to the quote before about uh, the team and the way it was last year with Rodgers. And I thought about this during the break too. Grant, do you think that Aaron Rodgers mentally already had one foot out the door?
1: Oh, uh, it's so hard to accuse especially a football player of that, an NBA player, a baseball player, when you got these long seasons, but in football, yeah. I mean, you're going out there and you're laying it all on the line every week. It's, it's hard for me to think that someone as competitive as Aaron Rodgers would, would be thinking with one foot out the door. No, I, I don't know that I buy into that.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know because that was brought up and they said, well, the reason Rogers wasn't as good last year is because he had one foot out the door. I think he wasn't as good last year because he had, you know, he had the busted up thumb for a while. A lot of new young wide receivers too, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he had a foot out the door, but I do think that he was running things his own way. The more you hear that starts to come out about changing plays and not, you know, hey, we're going to, you know, part of the reason they had, at least according to a few people, part of the reasons they had some problems in the huddle about getting the play in on time was Matt would read the play, Aaron would then distribute the play, and then say, no, we're not going to run that, kind of laugh, and then run his own play. So I don't know what's true and what isn't, but that was part of the part of a, a discussion that I had heard, uh, and it didn't happen all the time. It might not even happened every game, but there were times that those things happened and And I'm sure it goes through with every player, but um, I don't think even if you have mentally a disconnect with your coach, you still play hard. I don't think he's going out of hell with it. I'm just going to throw this pass cuz I don't want to get hurt and I don't want anybody chasing me or something. I don't I don't that's not it cuz he's too competitive. But I think all the other stuff swirling around, it probably it probably hurt things, you know, Wednesday through Friday when you really win ball games as opposed to just on game day. But I don't know if I buy into the one foot out the door mentality. But certainly, there was the thought that at the end of the season that this was, this was going to somewhat come to a head. You could you could clearly tell. I mean, that uh, that relationship had had run its course, and when he when he dropped the uh, hey anybody that knows me needs to Facetime me comment right then and there we knew okay. <laughs> he when you're not answering the phone you don't want to come back. You know you're full of crap, complete hypocrite. So. Anyway, all right. Let's do this. We're going to uh, take a quick break and come back. We're going to talk with Zach Heilprin. I want to get into a little bit of Badger stuff, uh, and we need to. We just got to talk. We haven't talked about it really too much. And the Badgers get beat this past weekend going into Indiana, and you know, I said Indiana was a good team, but I didn't, uh, I, I didn't think they, the Badgers, would stub their toe in this fashion. We're going to talk about it when we come back. More the Bill Michael. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows & Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows & Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% Zero percent interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at paladwi.com.
1: Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 11:30, 2023.
0: good to have you the Bill Michaels show continuing on Badgers get knocked off this past weekend and uh, I don't know necessarily really what to make of it but um it was uh it's kind of ugly to be perfectly honest with you i I really Coming off of that Ohio State game, I thought they had some momentum and that they would really kind of feel good about themselves. And instead, they kind of played a little bit flat, talking more about it. And what's upcoming? Zach Heilprin, the sports director WOZN, and covering the uh, the Badgers out in uh, Madtown. Zach, how you doing, man? Doing great, Bill. So, you tell me, did they just look a little flat? Was it me, or was it just something else that maybe Indiana did to to you know kind of beat them, so to speak? Yeah, I hate being the...
3: You know, body language police in terms of did they come out flat type of stuff, but it felt like it. It did. It did feel like it. So I think that played a role in it. Um, you know, they're not a very fast starting team, and Indiana jumped on them right away, got confidence, and, and never really lost. It. Even though you know Wisconsin outplayed them in the second half, it just it didn't matter because they were in a hole. And offensively, they're not explosive enough outside of that one big play to Bryson Green to uh, to really challenge defenses on a regular basis. So. A lot goes into it. Obviously, playing without Braylon Allen, playing without Tanner Mordecai, playing without Ches Malusi, playing without Jim Dike. All those things come into come into come into you know the situation and the equation. But it's Indiana, Indiana, right. Indiana, right? Three three wins in the Big Ten in the last three years. It's Indiana. You have to beat them. You can't. You cannot lose that game. So, I mean, there are a lot of things. The reasons they lost them, but there there reasons that we've talked about. All year, slow start, offense finds something that works, defense finds something that works. They make a comeback, they get to the fourth quarter, and they can't finish. They finished in one game this year. Every other fourth quarter game they played in, they've lost. And there's been, you know, it's been their four losses. All of those games were four quarter games, and they couldn't make the plays, and the other team did.
0: The uh, Yeah, to go to your point, they had not beaten, or uh, Indiana had not beaten the Badgers down in Indiana since, what, did I read correctly, 2002? Yes, yeah. Yeah, and they had uh,
3: they, they had one win against them. They had one win against them in that time, though, and that was in 2020. Obviously, up in Madison, that was Indiana's big year. That they then gave Tom Allen all that money uh, to be their coach, and a lot of it obviously was Michael Penix being there. But yeah, they uh, they've owned that series, and they haven't lost in the state of Indiana in a true road game in the state of Indiana since 2002. They had not lost down there to Purdue. They hadn't lost down there to Indiana, and uh, this team just keeps on making history, Bill.
0: The so so. Oh, let me ask you this: So, so, what is your assessment of this, this so far? This first year of Luke Fickle. I mean, do you see? Do you see what the horizon holds, or do you just look at it and go, "Man, I don't, I, I don't know."
3: It's very tough to see the future. Um, it's very tough to see where this goes. I'm not going to lie. Um, That's that. That said, I I think it's also very very unfair to make any sweeping generalizations over someone through nine games in which a lot of things have not gone their way. Um, and again, they're not going to make excuses for them for themselves, and I, I understand that. But, you know, you lose your starting quarterback, you lose you, the most explosive player you have on offense, in Chez Malusi, at least in the backfield. And they, they just don't have the depth in certain places. Running back, very little depth. Very little depth at tight end, uh, which is a key to this offense working, and they haven't gotten any production out of that position for the most part this year. So there are reasons for them struggling, but I think there's also – you know a few things that have popped up here and there that that are concerning they spent the entire off season talking about how we're going to finish that they essentially called out last year and them being too soft mentally to to finish games and not finding ways to do it now they're in the exact same position they were last year they were 1 in 4 in games decided in the fourth quarter they're 1 in 4 in games decided in this uh, in fourth quarter in the fourth quarter of this year that hasn't changed so I, my my biggest concern is very little has outside of the schemes Very little has changed. A lot of the same things that are affecting Wisconsin or have affected Wisconsin in the past are still affecting them now.
0: So this weekend, uh, 2.30 kickoff out of Camp Brown. you got Northwestern coming to town. Thank God they're not going there. Otherwise, they'd be really in a panic (laughs) mode. But Northwestern's not that good of a football team. Uh, I'm not going to say I expect them to win because I expected them to win down in Indiana. I did, you know, look, going into that game, I saw Indiana go toe-to-toe with Penn State, and I thought, okay, this team's at least got a lot of heart and a lot of fight. It's not going to be easy, but I thought the Badgers would win maybe in a close one because the offense hasn't been great. Now, I kind of just, I think say a couple of novenas and drop to my knees and pray to God that the Packers or the, uh, the Badgers actually get a win. So with Northwestern coming to town, is this a get right game or is this a just try to put the train back on the tracks game?
3: It's the latter. There, there's no get right games for this Wisconsin team. Look at the teams that they've lost to, um, some teams that have zero offense, like in Iowa, who's obviously very good defensively, but zero offense. Uh, they needed a little bit of a miracle to beat Illinois, they uh, obviously lost to Ohio State, who's a good team, but then lose to Indiana, a team that um, yes, gave Penn State all they could handle, but as I mentioned before, they were 0-5 in the Big Ten. They hadn't beaten a, a Power 5 team to this point this year, so um, those are, that's a concern, and, and Northwestern's not a pushover either. Like, we thought at the beginning of the year they were going to be a pushover, but they've they've battled every single team. They, they battled Penn State in the first half before Penn State caught some fire there in the second, and, you know, it was a 17-9 game against Nebraska. They beat Maryland uh, by putting up 33 points. They were right there with Iowa last week at Wrigley Field, losing 10-7. So, I mean, the spread is 10, which is just crazy to me. I, I would not – you'd have – I don't know. There's there's not a world that I would put any money on Wisconsin to cover that. A win is a win in this situation. That's all, that's all I can say about that because their offense just is so inconsistent Wisconsin-wise. It's just so inconsistent that I don't trust them to – to put up enough points to cover that, and we'll see if they put up enough points to win a game. I, it's it's all about winning the game. It doesn't really matter how it happens right now.
0: Give me your thoughts on Braden Locke.
3: I thought that there was a lot to like about him against Ohio State, and certainly in in the latter parts of Illinois. And he kind of then played like a first year quarterback against Indiana. He told he said yesterday that there were about ten or eleven plays that he wished he could have had back against um, against Indiana, and I think we'd all agree. It, a perfect example of this is, like, early in the game, they went for it on fourth and two. He tried, to little, he tried to pass out to Will Pauling, and it got knocked down. And, you know, for an experienced quarterback, maybe he's not really it's, – it's not something that's going to stay in his mind. He's He's going to let it go, and it's not going to play a role the rest of the game. But on the fourth and two in the fourth quarter, he had the exact same play, and instead of, you know, just throwing it like he normally does, he tried to make sure that it wasn't going to get tipped and he threw it up, and he threw it over Will Paul and Ted didn't even give him a chance to catch it. So, though, like that's a to me that's a first quarterback, first year quarterback type of thing. Like over, uh, over uh, trying to trying to change stuff just because of one little mistake or or one thing happening in the game. You have to keep on being who you are. And he kind of changed who he was who he was in that situation. So I think there's still a lot to like about him. He is not a, a tall guy. He's not a guy that's going to run away from you, but he's got a good enough arm. And uh, I think his accuracy has been good, despite the fact that his completion percentage is way, way down. There have been guys not necessarily making plays for him. That was certainly the case against uh, Ohio State. But whether he's the future or not, Bill, that is a question that I uh, don't have an answer to yet. I guess at this point, I would be shocked if the transfer portal isn't something that they go and attack again at wide receiver, at quarterback, at running back at tight end because they just they need more playmakers and i don't necessarily think they have them on the roster right now um but quarterback wise i like Braden. i just don't know if he's the future
0: that was going to be my next question so when tanner mordecai is ready to come back does he just take the job or are they kind of like well wait a minute Braden lock's actually been had, had a little more poise in the pocket and deliver the ball a little bit better
3: i think it really depends on how he plays because had he played i mean if if Tanner Mordecai was healthy last week and then he was playing the way he played against Indiana, Tanner Mordecai would have replaced him. They would have gone with him. And they, they they lose so much when they don't have a quarterback that has any mobility in the back, you know, back there. They're, yeah. they're, uh, they're, their read game is very, very affected by the fact that no one is scared of uh, Braden Locke taking off. So th- I think if Tanner is healthy, they're going to play him. I think they also kind of feel like maybe they owe it to him to play him. Uh, because he came here for a reason. Now, when he's going to be able to play, I don't know. He was out there. That was a bit of a bit of surprise for him to come out and warm up the way he did last week. He was throwing maybe 10 yard passes, 15 yard passes. There was nothing down the field. So I don't. I don't know that he's necessarily close. Like I, I doubt he'll be available this weekend. Maybe he's available for Nebraska. Maybe he's available for Minnesota. But I think it's really going to depend on how Braden plays this week and whether they actually do feel something, a connection to Tanner, and feel like they owe him something to play him.
0: I liked what the offensive line did against Ohio State. It hasn't been consistent all season long. Do they need a little bit more on the offensive line?
3: Well, the thing is, Bill, they have done such a great job recruiting that <laughs> that position over the years. I mean, they have four and five. They have a couple five-star talents and a bunch of four-star talent all, all over that offensive line. I think what they mostly need here is is maybe keeping the same offensive line coach for more than one year. I mean, they're working on their,
2: right. I think
3: this is their fourth offensive line coach in uh, or third offensive line coach in the last three years. It, it, that's not ideal. I think the talent is there. There's no doubt recruiting talents there, but yeah, it, I don't think this team is nearly talented enough to be like, nope, we're good there. I don't think there's any spot. You could just sit there and say, nope, we're good. We're fine. We don't need to address this in the portal. Now, Luke Fickle has said he doesn't want to build his team through the portal, but when you have holes, and you are not able necessarily to count on guys to fill those holes, That whether it's through high school recruiting or guys you have in your roster, well, then the transfer portal is the way you're going to have to go. And so I would be very surprised if they're not extremely active in the portal once again, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball.
0: Here's my next question, and I'll let you go, and this is more Big Ten in general, but obviously with the investigation into Michigan uh what two things personally what do you think should happen to michigan if any and secondly what are you hearing on the wisconsin campus because everybody knows everybody has everybody's signs we all understand that but the rule is the rule and you can't do it and apparently what michigan has done or at least according to the video is what michigan has done is what i mean it's so illegal it's not even funny so what do you think will happen should happen and what is kind of the uh, the thought on campus as to what should happen to michigan
3: yeah. Uh, what should happen? You're not getting too many answers on those kind of questions. Like in, in terms of like asking people on campus, even off the record, they're not necessarily talking uh, to us about it, or at least to me about it. Um, but, you know, we talked to Phil Longo before the Ohio state game and he was, he was asking that they have some mechanisms in place to deal with, you know, people that are trying to sign uh steal signs. I don't know how much that actually uh, is working, but it. the funny thing about the Connor Stalin thing is they have records, of 13 or 14 Big Ten schools where it happened, the one school that didn't have any records of it happening is Wisconsin. So uh, that that's uh, that's kind of funny to me. Um, but what should happen? I think this is such a tough question. Like, can you, is Jim Harbaugh responsible no matter what happens in his program, right? Because we we usually hold coaches whether they whether they know or not uh, to the standard of you have to like even if you don't know you're still responsible for it. That it's your right. job, and this guy's rolling your sideline, and talking to your defensive coordinator and talking to your offensive coordinator, you know who he is, you know where he is, he's on your sideline. There's just no way that uh, he ha- he can't be held responsible for it. Now, what the punishment is, I don't know. Are you suspending him for a few games? Like, is that is that a good enough punishment? Maybe. Uh, Tony is in a very tough situation here because the NCAA is not moving fast enough for a lot of people, and if the Big Ten goes ahead and you know, steps over the bounds here and suspends them and it's going to go into a legal situation. It, it, it's all, this is not what the Big Ten needs right now, right? Like when you're expanding to 18 teams and uh, you have all these, all this infighting, it's, it's not ideal. But I think Michigan has to be um, punished in some way. I just don't know what that punishment is going to be um, or what it should be, to be honest.
0: I'll say this. If this was Northwestern or Rutgers or Maryland or anybody else, I think that we would already have heard this thing pretty much done. The investigation with the NCAA still be ongoing, but the, the Big Ten would have already stepped in. But because sure. it's Michigan, one of the big four or five schools, they're tiptoeing so lightly on this, and I can't understand why. And in the meantime, and I, I got friends at Ohio State, and I got a couple of friends that work over at Penn State, and they're both like, look, everybody knows what everybody's running. Everybody can see it. Everybody knows their signs. That's not the point. The point is, is this guy was dressed up in somebody else's garb on the sideline. Everybody had to know what was going on. This is, he was trying to hide it. So, you yeah. know, when you're trying to hide something, you know what you're doing is wrong. And just in the spirit of the rule alone, he should be suspended. And they, most people feel that he should be suspended for the remainder of the season. even Not to penalize him by not putting him in the BCS. But he should be gone the rest of the season, and that should be the end of it. And that way you deal with it with the NCAA investigation later on down the road. Always great to talk to you, Zach. Appreciate the insight, man, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good, Bill. Thank you. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's Zach Kyleprin and uh, giving us the lowdown on the Badgers. Look, I I, I mean, I, obviously I've got a connection to Ohio State, but a, a buddy of mine who works uh, at Penn State uh, doesn't work directly in the athletic office, works in marketing, but says that the feeling down there is most people feel like the fair thing to do would be just get rid of Jim Harbaugh and this you know, Connor Stallions for the remainder of the season, just out. You know, you're you're the heads of this. You're the you're 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 the ultimate guy responsible, and you were the guy that were actually doing it. Get rid of him for the rest of the season and move on. And then if you know Michigan still wants to hire him and give him a contract extension and such and bring him back, then that's up to Michigan. But you know what they do with it from here, but you you can't condone you can't you can't slow your roll on this because if you go with the NCAA investigation everybody knows what's going to ultimately happen. Yeah, first of all, the NCAA is ballless because they've been snipped by the big 5 conferences because of the realignment. Secondly, Harbaugh could just say, "Screw it. I'm going to going to the pros. Nothing affects him, but Michigan still gets penalized." And they keep saying, "Keep it away from the kids." I'm sorry, the kids and the coach are one and the same. They just are. So when it comes to something like this, trying to gain an advantage over other teams and knowing what you're doing, the institution gets penalized. If I'm the kids, I'm pissed at my coach. You cost me an opportunity to go to a BCS game or win a championship because of your stupidity. And that's something the coach has to deal with. But if you're going to hit your wagon to this guy, knowing he's done crap like this in the past, so be it. You're going to Michigan. And you're hitching your wagon to a guy who's who's been accused of many different things. It's it's kind of like when, you know, I, look, I'm friends with Bruce Pearl. I love Bruce Pearl. He's a really nice guy. But he's everywhere he's gone, he's had problems. Same with Calipari. You go to these programs under the guise of I'm going to learn, I'm going to excel at my sport, I could get a lot of looks from the pros, but there is the chance that if this guy screws the pooch again, that I could end up with my program on probation and nobody coming to see me. Because this is the guy that's committed errors, you know, whatever, along the way. It is what it is. So, you know, I'm sorry. I got on a high horse there. But I, uh, Tony Patini, man, you know, I know he can only suspend him for two games. I think that's what the bylaw is for the Big Ten. But, man, you talk about a team that at this point and a coach at this point deserves it, hands down. 877-867-1670. We've got buy or sell now. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: The all new Potawatomi Casino Hotel has something you gotta see. Play more slots and games, and you could say, Show me the money! to reveal up to 10 grand each Thursday. 800,000 in prizes is up for grabs, 40 winners each week. This October and November at Potawatomi, Milwaukee, when you're ready to win, just say, show me the money. More info at PaysBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play.
0: New Year's Eve, if you're looking for something to do, boondocks, barbecue, burgers, and brews, we are going to be there, and uh, come on out. Now, fan brought up a good point. What happens if the Packers get flexed out of the New Year's Eve game? Well, then that's something different, but that's where we're going to be regardless. We're going to be out there with uh, a Green and Gold watch party and doing the Green and Gold postgame show afterwards, so as of right now, we're going to be there on New Year's Eve to ring in the New Year. Even if uh, they move the game up, say they flex them out from a a night game to a 325 game or whatever, even a noon game. We'll still be there. We're still going to be there. So come on out. Uh, We're going to be at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews, but make your plans for New Year's. Come on out. They have some music. They're going to be popping champagne at midnight. We're going to be doing the Green and Gold Post Game Show. It's going to be a lot of fun. So come on out. Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews in Oconomowoc. We were just out there this past weekend. Terrific food. I went out there because I love their buffalo chicken salad. Oh, it is oh so good. Oh so good. So come on out. time I, I know it's an abridged version because we're up against it. We went long in the last segment, but uh, we, we got a little buy or sell we got to get to here. So let's do this, Grant.
1: Bill, I'm nothing if not efficient. I'm i can. I'm watching the clock here. This is the producer in me. I can be quick. Uh, let's start with Craig Council. I've been excited to ask you this question for three hours now. You ready? Okay. We've discussed Craig Council length. Cubs signed him five years, $40 million. And we've talked about this a lot from a Brewers angle, Brewers fan angle. But how about this? Bill, pretend you're a Cubs fan. I know that's a tough reality. But pretend you're a Cubs fan. Buy or sell. Council's tenure as Cubs manager needs to include at least one trip to the World
0: Series for it to be considered a success. Buying it. Heartbeat. I mean, only for the fact that that team does not have the excuse of small media market and everything in their back pocket. They're a big media market, and if they need something, they should be able to go get it. You've got what's considered to be the best manager in baseball by many, uh, at least according to Judd Hoyer. So now you got statistically, sabermetrically, the best manager. So now what you have to do is put the talent around him so he can manage that talent and meld that clubhouse and put it all together. I, look, I, I, you're not going there to just get that team to the postseason. You're going there because you believe that you've got some guys in the minor league system, you've got some money to spend, and you're ready to go. So 100% I'm buying that. He's got to get to a World Series. I think the Cubs are
1: going to spend some money this offseason. I don't know on who. I'm excited to watch and see what they do. Uh, Although it'll make me sick to actually watch the game. Buy or sell. You know, when the actual season starts. Games are won in the trenches. Let's talk about the Packers' offensive line. Uh, The big uglies. Andy Herman gave Sean Ryan a really good grade in the seven snaps that he played on Sunday. You were there to see it in person, Bill. Yep. He looked
0: great. I even, I even talked about it. Yeah, yeah. I even talked about it. He looked good.
1: And most of this season or early on in the season, we saw Royce Newman. And after they kicked Royce Newman to the curb, it became John Runyon Jr.'s guarded job. He's tied for second most uh, penalties on the team. A lot of pre-snap stuff, a lot of issues with uh, John Runyon Jr. Buy or sell?
0: Let's see what Sean Ryan can do. What the hell? Let's let him play right guard and see how it goes. Yep. I, I, I'd buy that too. I'd buy that, too. Only for the fact that the... And and the line... Let me say this. The line has not been terrible. Uh, They haven't been terrible. But the line has not been great by any stretch of the imagination. So, it's not like they're this juggernaut. I mean, so far, when you look at it, uh, the guys that have been really good, that have graded out really well... Now, again, Sean Ryan, overall, graded pretty well. Pass blocking, he was pretty high. Run blocking, not so good. But... You look at a guy like Zach Tom, who's got a positive rating. Uh, You look at Elton Jenkins, who uh, both the pass blocking and the run blocking, pass blocking far, far better. Uh, The run blocking not nearly as good. Uh, When he gets that mobility back, uh, you're hoping he's better, but he's only a step above Rasheed Walker. You know, the guy that's been the worst has been Josh Myers. Yeah. Josh Myers, and worse than that has been John Runyon. And Runyon came in as a rookie and really solidified that line but he was playing left guard and left tackle in a pinch as opposed to right guard and right tackle. So, I don't know. I Maybe it's time to look at John Runyon and say, hey, you, uh, you might not be the answer,
1: you know? I, I don't know that John Runyon is the problem, but I don't know if he's the best solution long term. And Sean Ryan, they put a, a top 100 pick right. into this guy, and we haven't seen yep. him play. So yep,
0: I would, I would do it just something to think about. I got one more
1: question. And, for and let's be honest. Yep.
0: He's the third round draft choice. At some point, one of those guys <laughs> have to pan out. Maybe he'll be the one.
1: Here we do. do Who knows? You keep plugging him in there. You keep playing him. Who knows? One of these yeah. have got to play yourself. All right. Lastly, we we're just talking college football with Zach Heilprin, who I love. I love when Zach comes on. You're we talking about Michigan at the end. Now, according to ESPN's Pete Thamel earlier today, the Big Ten expects a response from Michigan on the notice of discipline by the end of the day today. I don't think think that's been released. I haven't seen it. Uh, maybe I missed it. But, Bill, buy or sell, the funniest outcome to all of this would be that Michigan wins the national title and then is immediately forced to vacate it within the next couple of months. That'd be a
0: travesty. That really would. It would be I, a waste. Look, yeah. It, it would be a complete waste. I I think, to me, what should happen is uh, this Connor Stallions and Harbaugh gone for the remainder of the season. And that's it. That that that's it. And and you know that that's the way I think this should happen. And they'll say, well, it affects the kids. What well, tough? Harbaugh's getting paid a lot of money. So I, it, it they're like I said before, it doesn't matter. Let the kids play. It's up to them to go do their job. But I, Connor Stallions and Harbaugh gone for the remainder of the season. That would be my answer to all of this. And it would be a travesty if they turn around and say Harbaugh, who is now gone to the pros in some place, Harbaugh leaves, and suddenly Michigan has to vacate a championship because he's gone off and collected millions in the National Football League, and it basically doesn't affect him at all. So I, it, it would, yeah, I agree with you. It would be an absolute positive waste. It would no be doubt. a waste,
1: and we would wonder about whatever team lost to Michigan or the team that lost to Michigan in the semis. Right. It would just be. Uh, I, I think so representative of how dumb and political and messy college football in the NCAA can be if that yeah. were to happen, which I don't think it will, but it's on the board. Something something that wild could happen. We've
0: seen weird things like that before in college football. Yep, no doubt. Uh, and now let me say this. They can't suspend. I think Stallions is gone anyway, by, if I'm not mistaken, but they cannot suspend yes. Harbaugh for more than two games. So to suspend it for the rest of the season, it's not going to happen, even though I wish it. It's not going to happen. So I'm talking in my reality versus what the actual reality is, and the most that Patini can do is suspending for two games. Just so we're clear on that. Uh, let's do this. We'll uh, step away. We'll come back and wrap it up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at pallawi.com.
1: showroom for details
0: Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels show right here, right now. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers. This is the time of year. If you're thinking about diamonds, if you're thinking about rings, anniversary rings, engagement rings, whatever. Now's the time they carry everything, earrings, necklaces, pendants, you name it, they've got it. And uh, the reason you go there is because one, they're locally owned Two. They're just really good people. And three, they've been doing it a long time. They're very much about the education of what it is you're buying and getting the value for your dollar. Some places get nice diamonds, they shine them up and they inflate the prices. These guys don't. And Andy Kane's always been a great businessman. And that's the reason so many people keep going back over and over and over again family and generations. Kane and Kane Jewelers, they want to rock your world. They're in West Bend, K O E H N. Kane and Kane Jewelers, located in West Bend. Go to Kane, K O E H N Jewelry. Dot com That is KaneJewelry.com. I know that uh, we only got a few minutes, but, um, you know, I guess the big question is, if there's anything out there, what do we miss? So, one thing we missed, one team that we didn't talk
1: about today, badger basketball, a-, a little bit of news last night that I I guess I was surprised by. So, a week ago, right before Wisconsin opened with Stevens Point, that exhibition, we learned that Gus Yaldin, who's the freshman everyone's excited about, is taking a temporary leave of absence. And he said in his statement that it's to be with his family. He needs time to be with his family. So I saw that and thought, oh, maybe he's got a relative that's sick or something. You know what I mean? Just whatever. Family stuff. What we learned yesterday through reporting of, uh, I don't know if this was Polzine or Kokorowski or who it was at Badgers Extra, he's been cited twice by Madison police, once for an underage at a football game and another for weed possession in his dorm. So I guess mm-hmm. that's why he's been absent, which I just thought was interesting, I guess.
0: Yeah, um, you you wonder at what point, and, and I look, I've seen this happen. You know, guys come in, they, they're the big man on campus, they're highly recruited, they bring some bad habits with them, and they get busted and they can't understand why because you're now a small fish in a very big pond. So that's you hope that guys like that lose the bad habits and understand, and I don't know what the circumstances are. I, I don't pretend to, but I saw when I was in college, I, I've seen guys go through college, and they can bring baggage, they can bring friends, they can be, bring bad influences. It's one of those things where you're going to be away from the team because you need to clean up your act. And once we believe that you're clean, then, then we'll go ahead and bring you back. So it just, you know, it, the other thing that, that's problematic is the portal. He could say, you know what? Hell with it. I'm out of here. I'm going to go to the portal. And there may be another campus and that maybe looks the other way. And he can do what he wants to do. But, um, you know, that's a, that's a shame. I'm a little worried about it, the it,
1: judgment. It, it's like everyone's drinking on game day. How did you get zeroed out? Right. And, get, and sometimes it's unlucky. Like sometimes, you know, I had friends in college where it's like there was a group of people and the cop grabbed them. You know what I mean? Right. And, and it was truly bad luck. But then what are you smoking weed in the dorm? Just go outside like it smells. Right. How do you get caught?
0: Yeah. If anything, we've learned since the legalization of marijuana has happened. I can be four cars behind you and I'll know which car is smoking weed. It, it is a distinct odor. Everybody knows it the minute it's fired up. Now, it's one thing if everybody in the dorm is doing it and you get singled out. But it, it's another if you're doing it and everybody down the hall can smell it. You have to be a, an absolute moron. Moron, to to have it in your room, knowing you can't have it in your room. It's not even that cold outside yet. Just go for a walk. Right. I get it if yeah. it's ten
1: degrees below zero, you're trying yep. to rip a
0: quick joint. But Jesus. Yep. No doubt. Good stuff. We got uh, the Bill Michael Suttle coming up tonight, six to eight. Don't forget, make your plans. We're going to be at the distillery uh, in Grafton. Coming up on Sunday, it's the Green and Gold post game show live from the distillery. But come out for the watch party. Get some lunch, get some beverages, hang out for the postgame show all at Distillery in Grafton. And the proceeds Friday, Saturday, and Sunday go towards Fisher House, Wisconsin. So it's for a great, great, great cause, and we hope to see you there. Time for us to go. Have a going. Boom.